Welcome to Trust the Process Show. Uh, here's your host, Chris Reed. I'm excited today to be joined by uh, someone I think everyone knows at some point in their life, uh, Mr. William Hung. Uh, William, welcome to the show this morning. Uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, so, William, just in case, um, you know, as I, as I kind of interview guests, uh, I know you're, you're somebody I think a lot of people do know, but maybe you can give a little bit of a background about uh, who William Hung is and uh, we can kind of go into uh, where you are right now in your current situation. Well, William Hung is someone that's always evolving and changing. So, but it, but it's the always constant part of me is people know me as a former American Idol contestant. Yeah. So I started studying civil engineering at UC Berkeley. Uh, things didn't work out, I was struggling. So I feel that I needed to try something different. Uh, one day I saw a poster for a school talent show. I figured, why not? There's nothing to lose. So I sang my, one of my favorite songs, She Bangs by Ricky Martin. I had no expectations, but somehow I won. And the grand prize was a DVD player. But that gave me the confidence to try out for American Idol. Good for you, man. So, so the She Bang, because that's, you know, as we, as we mentioned the name William Hong, I, I think we all um, in the North American study and probably worldwide is we think of She Bang, right? That was, you really, touched the world in, in so many ways. Um, so you, you started that song, you know, She Bang at a talent show, which is something I, I wasn't even aware of. And your passion was won by a DVD player of all things. Do you still <laughs> well, have that DVD it's all, it's player? It's like, like a confidence booster. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have the DVD player at all? Uh, I don't know where it is. So it's like 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I just thought maybe it'd be a cool memento to keep. Um, so, so William, you know, kind of going into the, uh, the, the, the premise of the show and trusting the process, you know, what I hear from you is that you started off in UC Berkeley, which is a really good post-secondary school, good graduate yeah. university, right? Yeah. Um, what were you going to study when you went in there, just out of curiosity? Civil engineering. Civil engineering. So you're going to Berkeley, your plan was to be an engineer, and then all of a sudden, something just changed for you and you're like, I gotta go to this talent show and sing Ricky Martin. <laughs> that moment that you saw that poster changed the way your life has gone, has it not? Well, I didn't expect that. It wasn't from that alone, but it was the speak. It was the beginning. Right. So when you went to American Idol, um, tell me a little bit about that process. Now you, you applied, and I think, I'm not sure how the process goes, but I'm sure everyone gets to go audition, right? Yeah, so you could just show up literally. Uh, anybody can show up between the ages of 18 to 28 or something like that. And so uh, I, got, I got in line, uh, like everybody else, there's about 3,000 people that year. It, it was a huge uh, San Francisco baseball stadium. That, that's, what it, that's what it was. I was waiting for my turn. And I sang, but before that, as I was standing in line, I saw most people only got like 15 to 30 seconds to sing before they were told to go home. But somehow the staff, American Idol staff members, they let me sing over a minute and they let me through. They told me to come back the next day. 
So it started from the, so what people might not know is that it's not easy to see Randy, Paula, and Simon. So I had to get past the, the, the staff members and then I had to get past the producers the next morning. And then I got to see Randy, Paula, and Simon. So it's actually what we what we see on TV doesn't necessarily show exactly the uh, the grueling process it is to actually get to that point of you know, of auditioning in front of those three. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So you go there now. What happens after that? Because I think this is what changed probably your life in in, in many regards. Right? Is yeah. is what happened next? So. Talk to me a little bit about what happened after um, you walked away and then then what happens when it goes live on TV. So what happened was, change? yeah, right, right. So what happened was like the audition, I, I didn't expect anything. I just thought that was the end of the road and my, my life would go back to normal. I'm like, I might try other things because uh, the audition itself is like four, four month time gap between the, the actual audition and the broadcast. So uh, yeah, to be completely honest, I, thought, I didn't expect anything. I just thought that was it, I'm done. Then four months later, I saw myself on TV. And even seeing myself on TV still doesn't mean anything because most people that, that got broadcasted, you know, that auditions that didn't make it, they don't get anything out of it. It's people laugh a little bit and that's it, right? But for my case, it was so different. After they broadcast my audition, I got like hundreds of emails for performance and movie opportunities. And, they, and the emails were from like Entertainment Tonight. They were from uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Ryan Seacrest Show. It was unbelievable. So that's, that just makes me smile watching you talk about that because that is, it all of a sudden it's, I'm kind of understanding like, so what was the feeling you had? Cause it's like, I see you, you, you got this like energy about you, William of like, wow, what, what is going on here? All these, you know, people that we all know in the entertainment business now want to talk to you and have you join. So talk to me about like, what's going on in your head in that point as like the world is on this William hung craze. <laughs> well, I, I was just, shocked at the time i didn't know how to respond to it but I, i'm always grateful uh, i feel very lucky and fortunate to be at the right place at the right time i think the the the, the deciding factor I, I don't really know if that's the case but at the time i think when most people they don't make it to hollywood for, for american idol they would get upset they would get angry at the judges uh but i didn't I didn't see the need to be angry or upset at the judges because I thought that the judges were just doing their jobs. Mm. So that could be the difference that back then. Gotcha. So, you know, and then going through that, like, so, you know, the world knows who you are now you're getting uh, attention and wants from, from many people to interview you and have you either perform or, or, uh, you know, do a cameo in their, in their production. But along the way, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about, because I think this is really important. Um, and what I've seen from you is that the world can also be a really shitty place and treat people really shitty. And I'm sure that although you had a lot of fans and people excited, uh, just on, on that side alone, you probably had just as many people who 
were haters and that were calling you down and making fun of you. How did you work through that? Because that can cause people to back away from chasing their dreams. The moment somebody says, you're not good enough, you can't do it, people turtle and they go away. So how did you go through that and be able to ignore them and focus on following your passion and, and your dreams? I think it comes down to trusting what you do has value for the world. Uh, so for me, uh, I, I definitely not the most talented performer. I'm not even anywhere close. I never compare myself to somebody else, but I believe that I can bring smiles to people's faces when I go up on stage and sing or entertain or speak. So that's the value that I believe in. And, and I, I believe there are people seeing the same thing and that's good enough. So what if not everybody likes it? You can't please everybody. Mm. Well said, man. Well said. And so what I, what I get from you is you weren't looking to be the world's greatest singer, the world's greatest performer. You were just looking to be the best version of you and what you do and what you're trying to do is just bring a smile to someone's day and enjoy what you're doing. And the rest of the people, whether they like you or not, it doesn't matter because they're not really part of what you're trying to do and who you're trying to serve. Yeah. So what is your why? So as we go into this, because I think you know, you've also then moved your career, you've continued to, to do the things you're doing. So you know, one of the things that I look at in our, in our world is the, our purpose and the reason why we do things and why, why we go about each day and wake up. So what is William Hung's why? Like, what is it that you are meant to do on this planet Earth? Well, I feel that, that my why is to help people get get rid of the roadblocks or whatever the mental roadblocks are and go for their dreams. Because because I, I got my dream already, you know, even though it's not it's not like suddenly rich billionaire, I, I feel that I've already gotten there. I mean yeah, I was lucky, but I also have to put myself in position to do it, you know. I could like you said, I could have given up uh, a lot earlier along the way, you know, when things didn't go so well. So, yeah, I think that's, that's why I want to help people with. I want to help people uh, find that voice, put themselves out there. That's, um, you, you touched on something that is so important, I think, um, when we do anything. And it's, there is this component, I believe, in what we do, William. And there is this right place, right time, and a little bit of luck along the way. Yeah. What, you're, what, what I'm hearing you and I, and I 100% agree is that in order to get those lucky moments and those we'll call them lucky breaks, yes. you have to put yourself in a position to get that lucky break. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're sitting at home and going, well, I could have done that. You're not going to get that break unless you put yourself out there and be vulnerable. So, you know, I want to just kind of tip my hat to you, my friend, because that is the hardest step in anything in any way to go and get what you want is taking that first step, putting yourself in that position. And you've shown that 
Yeah, you know what? Along the way, you put yourself in that position. You had a lot of people probably think you're crazy. Like, who is this guy? He, yeah. He's not the world's best singer. But yeah. what you are is an entertainer. You brought yeah. smiles and good feelings to the people that watched you. Yeah. So what are you doing now? So that's going back over a decade now, I believe, when you yeah. first kind of introduced William Hung to the world. So yes. what is William Hung doing now? I believe you touched on your helping other people work through their roadblocks. What does that look like? Are you like a full-time coach now? Um, tell me a little bit about where you, where you are now in the, the new decade. Uh, I, would say, I would say that uh, part-time uh, entertainer, uh, speaker, coaching, the last and, and then I, I work for Department of Public Health in Los Angeles. So that's my full-time job as a administrative assistant. And then on the, on, on the other side, I'm also playing poker professionally. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So that's, I try to keep myself busy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now are you uh, married kids now or, or were no, you? I'm, like, I'm single. Those singles. All right. Yeah. Um, so you kind of moved into professional poker. You got your, you know, public service job. Yeah. Uh, doing some entertainment. Now, kind of going into this, you know, I mentioned the coaching piece and, and helping people, I think is, you know, you kind of have this underdog story that uh, I'm sure you're helping a lot of other underdogs kind of work through it and step into the direction they want to go. What can you tell me, and what I'd love to hear this, because I think we all have it. What was the moment in your journey that maybe you thought, I don't know if I, if I'm, if I'm ready to do this. Was there a moment that you wanted to quit? And if so, what did you do and how did you shift the way you were thinking to not quit and keep moving forward? I would, I, there really wasn't a moment when I wanted to quit, uh, but, uh, because it's, the, it's the, how we define quit, right? Uh, so a lot, so the, the Wikipedia and, and, and some other sources say that I quit the entertainment industry around 2011 uh, when they, they don't see much of me or whatever, but that's, that's definitely not true. It's not because I wanted to quit. It's because entertainment industry does ups and downs, right? You can't just ask for gigs. People have to like you and bring you in, right? You could do all the outreach you want, but they have to want you. So that's all. So that's all. So to me, quitting would be like, uh, I stopped doing outreach. I stopped talking to people. I stopped networking. I stopped doing anything, uh, even if the opportunities come up. And that's not true. So I never really quit it. Uh, there are times where I, where I thought, like, you know, should I spend that much time doing it? And I, and I, right now, I don't spend as much time doing it as in the past because I'm just not getting as many high quality opportunities. And that's okay. You know, that's why I have other things to keep myself busy you know, make, making myself happy. So that's okay. So it's not so much that you're quitting chasing what you're doing is what I'm hearing, but you're, you're being selective on right. the opportunities that you want to pursue. Right. And that's okay. And I, and I, I'm keeping it that way. I'm not, it's, it's intentional. I, for example, I don't want to just, you know, fly, fly myself halfway across the country for $500. It doesn't make sense. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to ask for whatever I'm worth, like like five thousand or more, uh, to make sure that that people that that bring me in sees the value, and I see the value. It should be it should be that way, you know. 
Sure. No, that's fair. Now, what is the best gigs that you do? So like what gets you super excited? Now I did see on Facebook, you posted, you're doing a celebrity poker game, which you look pretty happy at. Uh, poker looks like something that brings you a lot of joy. Yes. Uh, but outside of say poker games, what's the best entertainment gig that you've done so far in your career that just stands out to be the most enjoyable um, moment? There were a lot of big, big, uh, big performances uh, in the past. So like, like the 2004 uh, Wango Tango at the Rose Bowl, that was huge. I performed like 60,000 people. Uh, would, I would say a more recent one would be like the Global Sales Conference in Texas. I spoke in front of 300 uh, salespeople, a big hotel, big conference, like the, all the lighting and stuff. It's like, wow, <laughs> that, that, it gives me that boost, you know? Sure, sure. So it's the, it sounds like the, the times that make you feel most alive are the ones where you get to inspire others to kind of step up into their excellence and greatness. Yeah. Cool, man. That's super cool. So kind of going into this now and, you know, you're into this kind of coaching role, public service, you got your hands in a number of things. Um, what would, you know, if anyone was looking to, you know, get inspired by William and work with you, what does that process look like? So maybe walk me a little bit through of, you know, you work with somebody and they want to step into their, you know, their passion and their dreams. How do you help them? What does that, what does that relationship look like? Because anybody watching this and listening and, you know, they're getting inspiration from you, William, how do they, what does that look like when they work with you? Uh, so I start off with like a, like a consultation call, get to know, who, get to know them, get to know what their challenges are, figure out what their angle is. So that's, that's what, that's my starting point. And that, and then uh, I work uh, like, Step by step, depending on what their needs are. Like, let's say they, they need like a, a presentation, then maybe I take a look at what uh, what they can come up with. Because I've been in Toastmasters for over six years, that's my that's where I can draw my experience from. I also figure out like if there's they have they have some mental block in terms of like presenting themselves. Because I had a recent client that she's really struggling with job interviews, so I had to. So what I did is I did like a role play with her. I try to get her to, to, to see things differently. Let's say she gives an answer that's you know, kind of generic, right? So I tell her like, hey, you can be more specific. Maybe you can talk about things this way or that way, different, you know? Just giving her suggestions that she can use on the spot. Cool. So it's just really identifying what, uh, what their passion is, what their internal roadblockers are and working through it all together on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Yes. Do you work with anyone that has like this desire to be a, a performer? Like, what does that look like? Is there anyone who's just like, man, you, you did it. Like you made it happen. You stepped into it. You know, does anybody reach out to you and be like, man, I want to be the next William Hung. Uh, I mean, I think there are, there are a few people that I met that, that that's like that. But to be honest, I don't think that's the best thing for me to be coaching on because I was lucky at the right place at the right time. Uh, there were people at, right after my case, they, they wanted to copy me, right? They wanted to say the same things I did in Asia and other countries. It doesn't work for them because people saw them as copycats. <laughs> mm, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the Asian community, now, 
how did they embrace you? You know, in, in terms of like the U S but even like going over, um, yeah. over the pond there, how was that? Did they, were you a celebrity over there? Did they all of a sudden kind of latch onto you and like invite you over? What, what did that look like for you? Uh, there, 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 I did get some invites to, to be performing and doing a movie there. Uh, so, but it's not as many people that know who I am. Yeah. And that's natural. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, you know, it's been, it's been a pleasure. I, I, I do love your story. And, and the thing that I really love about your story, William, is that you had a passion, you had a dream and you didn't let the I'm not good enough thoughts go into your head to step yeah. into that. So having that, you know, and I think we're, you're, everyone can kind of improve on this mental state of, you know, we can do it, but it takes a lot of work. I think, and in any situation, our biggest enemy is ourselves in, in our, in our head. Right. So that being said, you seem like a pretty young guy still, like you're not old and gray what's the next best next big thing that you want to do like you've you've done a lot so far at an early age what's the next best big thing no the next big thing hmm i think right now i want to just go create financial freedom uh through poker i th i think it's realistic for me i don't think it's easy like anything else it's a lot of uh i already went through a lot but i feel that i'm more mature now uh, just for the list, benefit of listeners, I'm 35. So I went through 15 years of ups and downs. <laughs> so yeah, I feel that I'm more, I could handle it, handle the, the, the upswings and downswings better, both emotionally and mentally and all that. Yeah. Because poker, there is a bit of an emotional game with it, isn't there? It's the biggest, it's the biggest enemy actually, for even for me. I, I thought, I thought, you know, I thought that after playing for the game for so long, I should never have tail. I should play perfect, but that's never the case. It doesn't work that way. So it's it's a matter of in, like it's just like in life, right? You 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 make better decisions. You make fewer mistakes, and that's already a lot. It's already it's a big difference between making it and not making it. So you're kind of taking that mental resiliency that. Uh that you have, that you've, you know, kind of fostered in, in that skill that got you to where you are and using that on the tables. Yes, um, yes. Now, what's the biggest stake that you've, you've played for? Because I know there's some pretty, pretty crazy poker games out there where there's a lot of money floating around. What's the biggest game and biggest purse you ever won? I, I, was, I would say the, the biggest tournament I won was for over $20,000 at the Rio. Wow, okay, yeah. so you're not, you're not messing around. No. Good for you. Now, do you do a lot of that in in Vegas? Is that why you uh, live so you know live in California, seeing so pop over there quite uh, often? No, well, I I think I think it's mostly for my parents because my parents are in Los Angeles. If they okay. want somewhere that's convenient to, you know, eat Chinese food, buy Chinese stuff. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm uh, you know, I'm a big fan. I like I said, you're. Your story has shown that anyone can do anything, and that's not to to be a, a negative term, but it's to show that at the end of the day, we're all people, right? We're all human beings. Yeah, uh, we're all born onto this planet. Some have, you know, born into riches and into fame, and some people make make it uh, what they want. And you've shown that you know you can make your path. 
Um, and just to kind of summarize, like step into something that's uncomfortable that you, you know, may not think is the right path, but just putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. Yeah. And those lucky moments that people say, like you were at the right place, right time. I, the only reason why you were in the right place, right time is because you put yourself in the, in that place. Yeah. Timing came. So if anyone can take anything and I, I'll take this away from you, William, is that, um, uh, if I, if I think I want it, put myself out there. And if anyone else is feeling the same, like put yourself in a situation to be lucky. Um, and that's what we can, we can learn from you, my friend. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time. Um, again, William, it's, it's a pleasure and, uh, I can't wait to see, uh, where you head off to next and hopefully we can do this another time again. Sure. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, take care. Bye-bye.